Welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style, a weekly podcast hosted by Pat Wesolowski. Pat began homeschooling her nine children more than 25 years ago. It didn't take her long to discover that co-ops were a perfect fit for her educational goals. Co-ops allowed her family to study together with other families, creating a safe and friendly environment that was conducive to honing public speaking skills. Sharing responsibilities with other parents lessened the stress and the workload. After years of organizing and orchestrating a variety of co-ops, Pat is here to encourage, teach, and promote homeschooling co-op style. Welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style. The purpose of this show is to encourage and inspire homeschooling families to give co-oping a try. Each show will include information on the ins and outs of successful co-oping. Today I'll be interviewing my friend Edris. Edris and I both began homeschooling around the same time. Two of my children have been good friends with Edris's two sons for more than 25 years. Welcome to the show, Edris. Thank you. I'm glad you're going to be here today to share with our listeners. You and I began homeschooling around the same time, and we were blessed to have a mentor in our lives who directed us towards more of a life-is-learning philosophy instead of a let's-bring-school-into-the-home philosophy. You're responsible for inviting me to the first ever, for me, co-op adventure many years ago. Share with our listeners what prompted you to start that co-op. Well, it has been many years ago, as you mentioned. So as I'm trying to remember what helped me start the co-op with uh, Native Americans, I think it was that my boys, we lived out in the country, and they played out in the woods all the time and ran and played cowboys and Indians. And then we happened to see a shirt one day, that just a plain old T-shirt, that was made into what looked like a Native American fringed leather shirt. So we decided we wanted to do that, and that's what prompted the starting of the Native American Co-op. So you just called a few friends, me included, which I'm very glad, and we began meeting at your home, right? That's right. And the theme was revolved around Native Americans, which at the time we just called them Indians before that was politically incorrect. (laughs) And we had music lessons, crafts, parents gave presentations, and students gave presentations. Do you remember any of the details? Can you share that with our listeners? I actually do remember some of the details for that. I know that the music lessons, I had taught recorder classes, and one of my sons had taken a little bit of piano lessons, and there was an Indian song in the piano book. So I thought, well, let's put this together so the children can learn music. So all the kids either had recorders or bought little plastic recorders, and they learned the Indian song from the piano book. And then, of course, we made those shirts that we had seen. We just cut the shirts up the sides and down the sleeves and across the top, and then we made little about one-inch slices into it and tied those together, fringed the bottom, and they loved those shirts. They wore them everywhere. We yeah, made drums. Yeah. <laughs> we have lots of pictures of those. Yeah, um, we my, made... my children really enjoyed it, too. Go ahead. Okay, so we made drums, and I know, I think you were in charge a lot of, the cra- of a lot of the crafts because that was just a strong suit for you. So I know that you made headbands for the boys and had them help make those, and earrings for the girls. And each week, well, at the beginning of the co-op, each child picked a tribe of their choice. And then each week they did some research on a different topic of information. One week it might have been the housing that their tribe used, and that week as they studied that, they would get together a presentation and present that to the group when we got together. So we learned about all the different tribes' housing and their clothing, their food. And I know the week that we did the food, if there was any food you could find a recipe for, we all brought those recipes and shared that. Right, I remember that, and it's funny because (laughs) it's 
funny how much you remember for so long, because this was more than 25 years ago. This was like 28 uh-huh. years ago when my oldest daughter was at the house the other day. We were having a game night on my birthday. We were playing Outburst, and the category was name Indian tribes, American, Native American tribes. And it's funny, she could still recall a lot of the words to the song. Do you remember that song she learned in the co-op? I think it included Chippewa, Etowa, I don't remember them all. But <laughs> yes. she went through it in her mind, and she called out a lot of those names of tribes. So, oh, that's so funny. fun. And it was neat for me because our children spent the week researching their tribe and putting together their presentation, and then they were able to go and give the presentation in front of the group. And I know I have shared this probably on every show. One of the largest benefits to co-oping the way we co-op is having a safe and friendly environment for children to give presentations so that they never develop a fear of public speaking. And and my children haven't because they were so used to doing that and it was so good for them. And also, like you shared, at this co-op, each parent did the same thing every week. So you were in charge of music and I believe I was in charge of crafts. And so we did what suited our strengths and it was a good introduction for me to be involved with a co-op. Now, later in some of our co-ops, we switch responsibilities. So one week the parent may do the devotion, and the next week they may teach a different subject. And really that's up to the parents who are in the co-op. You can be very flexible. The co-op I'm teaching right now with American Girls, I'm doing all the teaching, but the parents who are all new to co-oping, they're taking care of the snacks and the games and the crafts and the photos for the newsletter. So they're still a part of it, and they're a huge help, but they're not having to teach right now because they're not comfortable with that. And in time, they probably will be because it's, there's not a whole lot to it. It, it. You know, the more you do it, the easier it gets. All right, well, I recall most of the time we met at your home. We did go to another home another time, and a lot of times finding the place to meet for a co-op is the difficult thing. And we have met in homes and churches and businesses and playgrounds and parks and uh, karate studios and all over the place, but tell us why you had it in your home and, and how that benefited you to be the host of the co-op. Oh, I loved having it in my home because we lived way out in the country, about 20 miles from town, and everything we did, we had to drive for half an hour to get to it, you know, coming to town. So having the co-op at my house was great. Everybody else drove to us, um, <laughs> so we got to stay home. We did you know, have to clean the house a little extra maybe, but that was great too because then you have a clean house for the week or at least until everybody gets there. So (laughs) I loved having it at my house and it just worked out great for us. And, you know, I'm glad you said the house stayed clean at least till everybody got there because one of the things I I do encourage parents when they co-op is to make sure you leave the place you arrive at as nice as, if not better than, the condition it was in when you got there because you want to show appreciation and you want to be welcome back and you don't want to make it hard on the person hosting if it's in the home. Our American Girl Co-op is meeting in a library, so we clean up, we vacuum, we make sure everything's put back in order before we leave that day. But we also have started bringing extra snacks to share and leave with the librarians too. When we had a co-op one time in my friend Martha's house, that co-op was actually based on on serving and missions and ministry. And so every week we would have the children do a form of service for the host of the house, whether it's rake the yard or wash your car or something while we were there, so that they become familiar with showing their thanks and gratefulness and appreciation and taking care of the facility that 
that being used for the co-op. So I, I think that's important. So it was nice. We didn't mind driving the 20 miles out once a week, and we could understand why you wouldn't want to leave <laughs> any more than you had to. But you had acreage, too, and that worked out perfect because one of the great memories we have of that co-op is that, and I'll have to put a picture of this on the Facebook page, was the huge teepee we built. So share share with our listeners about that adventure. Oh, that part was so much fun, and that teepee lasted for years in our yard. But we had a, you know, as we were having the children do their presentations, and they're talking about longhouses and teepees and igloos and all these things, we decided that the teepee would be the simplest Indian home to build, and we had lots of bamboo growing on our property. So we just cut some of the bamboo and tied it together and opened it out. I don't even remember how many children we had, but they all easily fit along with the parents inside that co-op. I mean, inside that teepee. It was huge. Yes, the teepee was huge. And Luann happened to have uh, the fabric, right? Was it Luann? Yes, yes. And I think she called it yard cloth. And we just draped that all around the base of the bamboo. And then we had the children spray paint. I don't even remember who brought the spray paint, and they did sunshines and just all kinds of things, dogs Simple. and right. just all kinds of things all around the teepee, so it was decorated, and it was just, it was really nice. I'll be looking forward to a picture. So and, you know, I saw yesterday, <laughs> I saw yesterday somebody posted a video on Facebook of a teacher at a Christian school who built a reading igloo for her students so they could go inside this igloo in the classroom and read. And it was made out of more than 300 and less than 400 one-gallon milk jugs and I think four half-gallon jugs. At some point she had to stick in some half-gallons and they gave instructions and showed how they built this igloo and it was the coolest thing ever. So that would have been fun to do too. But the teepee was great and, and I know that the kids did enjoy it and I come across that picture periodically. So I'll find it and I'll put it on the website. Another, or the Facebook page, another story I want to share is is about the earrings. You know, one of the beauties of homeschooling is being able to teach your children anything you want to teach them. And a lot of what we taught our children over the years had to do with entrepreneurship and running businesses. My husband's self-employed, I'm self-employed. Our Invention and Inventors Co-op was always one of their most favorite ones, and it prompted them to have a lot of business ideas. But early on at this co-op, Native American Co-op, one of the weeks we made clip-on earrings and we made them out of turquoise and black feathers. And the kids enjoyed them and they wore those with their shirts and their headbands. Well, one Friday afternoon, my children were at their friend's house who also homeschooled, who lived within walking distance to the FSU Stadium. And as you know, and most people listening know probably, FSU is the home of the Seminoles and we have huge Seminole fans. And these girls would set up a stand in their yard and sell Cokes and candy bars to people walking by. And my daughters were over there one day when they did that, and they came home saying, Mom, they made so much money, and they said we could do it with them next week. And I said, Okay, that's great, but you can't compete with their product because that was their idea. You need to have something else. So they brainstormed and they decided we had a box of sand dollars that we had picked up at the beach. So they were real sand dollars. And if you're listening and you're not familiar with sand dollars, they are very fragile. And they said, we'll paint them garnet and gold and put a magnet on the back. Well, I tell parents, don't don't dissuade your children from ideas and let them learn from them. And I, I did say, however, 
I'm not sure this is such a good idea because if you're in a stadium with, at the time, probably 70,000 crazy fans, where are they going to put that sand dollar and how's it going to last? And they'll probably be broken before they leave. And who's going to buy a sand dollar with a magnet? But I said, let's try it. Let's do it. So they painted these sand dollars, garnet and gold, and the next time there was a home game, they went to their friend's house, and they sold them all, all of them. So they came home, they told me, and I was surprised, and I said, well, we've learned two things. An FSU fan will buy anything that has garnet and gold on it. (laughs) And they'll they'll often buy from children because it's cute, and they want to support the business. And I said, that's all well and fine for one time, but we're out of sand dollars. We need to do something better. And I remembered the black and turquoise earrings, and so I said, let's make those garnet and gold. At the time... Tallahassee did not even have a Walmart. I had to go to Quincy to get red feathers and dye them garnet. So I could get the gold. I got the red, dyed them garnet. We made the earrings, and they were such a huge hit that it was the beginning of a business that ended up where we had FSU hair products and earrings and accessories in 10 retail stores in Tallahassee. So that co-op sponsored that business, which taught my children so much about running a business. In fact, it taught me a lot, too, because at the beginning, I would pay my children so much an hour to make these products, and then I realized very quickly, okay, this one daughter's very productive no matter what. She works hard, but this other son's not quite as productive. So I changed it from a per-hour basis to, okay, when you put the bead on the leather, you get a, a nickel. When you put glue the feather, you get, and I broke it down into parts. And so one daughter would say, okay, I need $30 this week, and she'd sit down and manufacture what she needed so she made the money. So it worked well. I ended up not paying as much money and getting more production out of the children, too. But they also learned the importance of working and working quickly and doing a good job and, and getting paid for their work. So that ended up being really neat. So you, you, you should never underestimate what might come out of a co-op adventure. Uh, do you remember that story? I sure do. I remember that you had that business going for years, and so many shops around town even bought your earrings and had them in the well, shop sell or, or put them in the shop and sold them for you. Right, and, and that remember, actually, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, and I remember also that you had the, you paid the children certain amounts for each part they put together. I remember when you did that, and that um, I think it even might have started another co-op, the entrepreneurs <laughs> co-op. I think you might have come out of y'all making these earrings. Right, we did have, it was actually inventions, inventors, and entrepreneurs, so that, okay. that did turn into a co-op. And the, actually, the what started the earrings in the store was just that a friend who had a pair of earrings wore them into a garnet and gold store at a mall, and the cashier, the boss should come in this cashier, he said, oh, those are cool, where'd you get them? Can I have her name? Can I have her number? And <laughs> And had the his boss get in touch with me about those earrings so that opened that door oh, we learned a lot we learned about business licenses and where you could set up and sell legally and where you couldn't and uh it was just in fact i'll tell one more story because i'm sure this interests any parent my daughter was selling at these stands and one day she noticed this man kept selling tickets at a game more than one ticket he, and she went up to him and she said what are you doing and he said well i come here toward the end of the right before kickoff, and I buy tickets that are marked down, and I raise the price a little bit, and I resell them. Um, At the time, there was a limit on how much you could raise the price to. That limit's gone now. But she said, do you make much money? And he said, oh, yeah, today I made, and he gave her the amount. I forget what it was, but it was huge. It was much more than she was making selling earrings. And she went back to her dad and said, that's what I want to do next week. And he said, okay, but you have to invest your money in the initial tickets, and you have to risk that they get sold and that you make a profit. And Hey, if they don't sell, uh, we'll go to the game. <laughs> so 
they felt like that was a win-win. And she went the next week, took $40, bought tickets, sold tickets, and by the time kickoff came, she had made a profit of $100. So that was another good experience that came out of that. Wow. We need to take a break right now in order to share a word from our sponsor. Be sure you have a pencil handy. Hi there. I'm here to encourage you to check out lifelessonsflorida.com and to share it with all your friends. You can find all sorts of helpful information there, from healthy recipes to homeschooling hints, and from family life and parenting advice to fiber arts patterns and great budget-friendly gift ideas. Edra Smith, the creator of this invaluable resource website, is a wife of 36 years, a veteran homeschool mother, an expert on the benefits of reading aloud, a music teacher, author, and speaker on these and many other subjects. Edris's philosophy is that there is always a learning opportunity in every situation, and that passion for learning and for teaching is what powers her one-of-a-kind website. Trust me, you don't want to miss this resource, so check it out today. In fact, why don't you go take a look right now? There's something for everyone at lifelessonsflorida.com. And now, back to homeschooling co-op style. Okay, now your sons are now grown and married, but you continue to invest into the lives of homeschooling families. I know you offer classes, you tutor, you blog, you write books, and you even offer a super nanny type of consultation to help moms who are experiencing discipline problems. So as the experienced person that you are, please share with our listeners why you think homeschooling families should give co-oping a try. Oh, my, there are so many good reasons. Um, Let's see. Well, it unites your family. So you're not dividing your time so much in between trying to teach history to this child at this level, you know, and then you have another child at a different age, a different level, and you're trying to teach history there. You can have wide age ranges and still teach one time for everybody. All the ages get what they get for the level where they are. Almost every subject can be taught when you're using co-ops. Do interest-led co-ops, and it can develop into business opportunities like we just talked about. Right, and I did love, I mean, I had nine children, and eventually they were all school age, and I loved that they could always be together and we could study the same subjects together and that I didn't have to worry about the grade level of each child. So the older children would get a little more out of the study that we were teaching and the younger children maybe not as much. But it's even surprising what they get because I know you were with us in the Civil War co-op. Your son took the pictures that are in that unit study book we published, and the children were learning the Gettysburg Address. And I remember my one, two, three, four, fifth child, <laughs> who was quite young, said, I can say that. And we thought, oh, there's no way. Well, it starts off four score and 20 years ago, our forefathers brought, no, our fathers brought forth to this nation a new continent. I get it mixed up because I remember what he says. So we said, okay, say it. And he goes, four score and 20 years ago, our daddies brought cotton to this nation. So <laughs> he had heard them say it enough. He picked up a little bit of it, and it sort of he sounded right. It. He changed some of the words. But I love that I didn't have to go from subject to subject and segregate the grade levels and pull out a million different books. We could study together. So that, to me, was a huge advantage of co-op. Yeah, that That's one of my favorite parts, too, is that your family is united as you're studying with co-op. You just, you don't have to be so separated and scattered in it. It really saves you time because you don't have to plan so many different age lessons. Right. And then the presentations. And now your children, I know you have one son who's in Germany and is an actor. He's 
as far as I can tell from a young age, has never been afraid of getting in front of, of a group or audience and is quite comfortable and now is making his living doing that, right? That's right. And the other son is very comfortable in front of people, too. He's a musician and plays uh, in front of large crowds many times and introduces and talks about the things they're doing and has no problem. Yeah, and that's another thing. Not only at the co-ops do the children get the experience giving presentations, they also get the experience studying alongside and working with children of different ages and the adults because we do interact. So really people talk about homeschoolers not being socialized, and really it's socialization at its best because our children do become familiar with speaking to adults and having conversations and, and knowing how to maintain and not only maintain but spur a conversation and, and ask questions and answer questions in complete sentences. And, and that's something that with intention we teach at the co-op. In fact, at the American Girl Co-op, one of our lessons recently was on how to answer questions and how to return questions with questions. And we practiced during co-op, and it was real cute to see the light bulbs go off in their little heads. And the next week when one of the girls came in and I asked her a question, she answered, and then she asked me a question back. And you could tell by her grin, she she was intentional, and she was waiting for me to notice, and I did. It was great. Well, that's a great story. Uh, okay, well, I know that you're not only an avid bookaholic, which most homeschooling moms are, <laughs> but you have a wealth of information regarding which books are worth reading. Many of our family's favorite books have come from your suggestions. Some of our co-ops have been based around sets of books. In fact, the American Girl Co-op that I'm organized for my granddaughter right now revolves around each of the meat so-and-so books in that series. As important as books are, you would be quick to agree that children learn to read at all different ages, and parents need to be careful about trying to force children to read at a certain age, right? For sure, especially with boys. Sometimes boys take longer to learn to read. Not always, but sometimes. I've had some 13-year-olds that I've worked with that were boys that were still learning to read, and at some point it just clicks. Uh, Large motor skills are being developed, and especially in boys, and it could just take a while for them to be able to get past that point. If you read aloud to them, they will eventually learn to read, so take your time and just read to them every day. I know you're a huge proponent of reading aloud, and and it was because of your influence on me, once again, that I continue reading aloud to our family and our youngest are teens. And I know, (laughs) I did realize, if you get a really good book, and you stop on a cliffhanger, and you put that book down, they're going to want to pick it up and keep reading. And I remember when I was reading The Lion's Paw, which is one of our favorite books ever, to the children, and I had to stop and cook lunch, and I put it down, and I said, okay, we'll read more later, and they were begging me not to quit, but I told them we had to, and I went to the kitchen, and then I heard my oldest daughter pick up the book and start reading, and, and as much as that warmed my heart, I didn't want to miss, on any, miss out on any of the story either, so I'm like, no, wait, got to wait. Or come where I am. So it's funny how that does encourage them to read. And and I think personally my children would get so much more out of the readings when I read aloud because I could stop, I could ask questions, I could define words, I could ask them to define words, I could make sure they were paying attention. But that too was nice that it, it brought the whole family together and everybody could listen. And even if the little ones didn't catch everything, we would let them play with Legos or do something on the floor you know, to be busy with their hands, they could still listen. And the older children could be folding clothes or doing a chore that didn't require thinking, and they could still listen. So reading aloud, I just, I love it still to this day. So thank you for that. 
Now, I know that information wasn't exactly on topic for homeschooling co-op style, yet your advice and your experience is something many parents can learn from in order to improve their homeschooling adventure. I know that you blog, and your blogs cover various subjects from diet and recipes to health and exercise to reading and to other homeschool subjects to games in the cars to things that would pertain to most parents, but in particular parents who do homeschool. How can our listeners find your blog? Is lifelessonsflorida.com. Lifelessonsflorida.com. And I'll put that yes. on my Facebook page, too. So I'll put the picture of the TP and a link to your blog, and hopefully our listeners will go there, too. And I know Edris is a great wealth of information, especially as far as sets of books to read, titles of books, which books to um, spend your money and time on to benefit your children. And as I said before, some of our most favorite books ever came from Edris's suggestions. So if you ever need somebody to suggest books for you, Edris is the person. In fact, we've encouraged her to publish her list of <laughs> recommendations, and she might do that one day. Right, Edris? <laughs> Uh, sure might. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, before we close our... Go ahead. I just said I'm working on it. You're working on it. Well, a lot of people will be glad when that's finished. Before we close our interview, are there any last words of encouragement you'd like to share with our listeners in regard to homeschooling co-op style? Yes, just do it. It can simplify your homeschooling adventure. The children will actually learn and also retain the information. And you'll make wonderful, fabulous, great memories. That's true, and and great friends as well, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Remember when one of your daughters was in Brazil and was friends with my son. He's now in Germany, and they're still friends with each other. Right, you know, they are. All these years later, and they still stay in touch with each other. Right. So. And, you know, your your remark about them remembering the information, of course, we already talked about my daughter remembering that Indian song, but also a lot of that has to do with how the information is presented and when it's presented either by the parents or the teach or the students very creatively, they tend to remember it. And I remember one of our cops was on wars in America, American wars, and one week the parent was talking about the um, weapons used in that war and she was talking about the pineapple grenade and she had brought a pineapple to class and she threw it out at the children. (laughs) It was funny, it caught their attention and they remembered the lesson she taught. So you do remember things like that and and it's neat to be creative in the presentation. So there are so many benefits to co-oping and I am so, so thankful that you introduced our family many years ago to co-oping and that those adventures are still continuing to this day now with my grandchildren so we can pass it on to other to others i appreciate you being on the show and i know our listeners will benefit a lot from the information you've shared and i hope you have a really good week thank you very much and you too thank you for joining us today if you like what you heard be sure to tell your friends and until next time this has been homeschooling co-op style